0: Welcome to the Vascular Forum podcast. My name is Agla Kovellona. Today's Vascular Forum interview will focus on the ESBS Academy training and education. We're very pleased to have with us today, Dr. Ramon Villa. Dr. Villa works in Barcelona, Spain and is the former chairman of the Academy. And we also have the pleasure to have with us today, Professor Igor Kontar, who works in Belgrade, Serbia and is the current chairman of the Academy. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you for the invitation. It's great to be Thank part you, of the podcast. Time for me. Thank you.
0: We would like to start by asking: no one can imagine the ESVS or the annual meeting without the academy. But how did the first idea to create an academy come together?
2: Well, uh, to explain how the ESVS Academy was born, we have to go back to the end of twenty sixteen. It was in the first meeting of the Education and Training Committee that uh, Jonas Aberg was hosting a chair when he proposed a deep reshaping of the that committee, that was uh, the old committee of uh, education and training. The meeting had been organized in Hamburg, goes to the office of Professor Sebastian Debus, and we spent the whole morning discussing how to renew the format in which education should be delivered during the annual meeting. In the end, uh, we agreed on three basic principles. First, that the annual meeting attendees should be able to create their Individualized training program, that small interactive workshops were better than lectures in the auditoria, and that hands on training, including simulation, was much better than theory alone. This was followed by a quick brainstorming uh, session on the possible topics and ended with a wall full of stickers that finally produced the program of the first uh, academy for the annual meeting in Lyon in 2017. From there, the academy grows bigger and bigger, and despite the lapse of of COVID, uh, to which we had to adapt, uh, we reached the last year in Rome with a full program of more than 40 worships and lots of attendees.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, We would also like to ask, can you tell us some of the biggest challenges and successes, and maybe some anecdotes throughout the development of the academy since its birth up to the present time?
2: well from from the beginning uh, preparing so many workshops with simulation has been a big challenge we first design the program and then approach the possible industry providers of simulators to request their support this is always challenging because sometimes the our strategy doesn't fit exactly with theirs and uh, we actually uh, emphasize that we don't like to organize exclusive workshops We, we, we have the idea that but uh, sharing uh, products and showing different products in the same workshop is, is uh, very productive. And, but companies do not always understand it. But if I had to talk about the biggest challenge, it was, as, as I mentioned before, to adapt to the, to the COVID because our activities were hands on, were, were uh, physical, on site, in person. And suddenly travel restrictions made it impossible. We had the full program for the Krakow uh, meeting in, in 2020 prepared and we had to pre and adapt it to the online ESVS moment, as it was called, but we also uh, adapt and, and, and finally we managed to organize what we call hands-on online, which was workshops, uh, sending kids to the uh, attendees' home and supervising them uh, remotely and also sending uh, licenses for sizing and and planning and then doing them from remotely so that tutors can just get into the computers of the attendee and and help them doing the thing. So this was also fruitful in the end.
0: Yeah, that sounds very exciting and very innovative. Dr. Kontar, would you like to add any of the biggest challenges or successes that you think the Academy went through?
1: Well, I think uh, another challenge is actually space. There are so many different skills that uh, modern vascular training and surgeon should be familiar with, so many different things, different techniques, different technologies. And actually, we would need a whole week to meet all the needs from our colleagues interested in hands-on workshops. And however, in the annual meeting, we have only two days of annual meeting. So this is why we benefit a little bit from pandemic when we introduce more online sessions when some of the techniques and some of the knowledge can be delivered in the online fashion. Like, for example, last year, we have uh, online uh, basic endovascular toolkit. And then in, in Rome, we have uh, we had advanced endovascular toolkit workshop. And uh, this is a, a, a way that we actually overcome this problem. But the problem is there, the challenge is there. So we don't have enough time to deliver all that is needed because modern vascular surgeon he has a lot of techniques to learn. And it was really challenging time. I, I have to congratulate Ramon because uh, he ran the academy through the very challenging uh, period. And even during this period, academy improved. Not only stayed stable, but it's, it was also improving, which is really amazing what uh, he has done. Of course, the challenge is, challenge is to find the topics of the workshops as well. We sometimes have very attractive uh, workshops which are not well attended, or where they are, you know, attended at the last moment, and uh, we are really puzzled with that. This is what what is challenge for us: promotion and marketing. We are not professionals in that, and this is a uh, this is challenge for us.
0: Yeah, thank you. We would also like to ask both of you: What do you think? To whom is the ESVS Academy tailored?
2: In fact, our our aim is to have uh, an offer wide enough to raise interest in any attendee, any delegate to the anonymity. But it's true that uh, we are mostly focused on trainees or or young uh, physicians, young consultants. But there are always new techniques, new devices that are worth knowing in depth. And and this is what the Academy offers. This is learning uh, from good experts, hand by hand, and this is, uh, as I always said, is a big, big uh, gift that this uh, the tutors give to the to any attendee that wants to register for a worship That can find the the, the most uh, or the, the best experienced uh, doctor or surgeon on that technique, or the one that actually described it. This training or teaching is uh, really amazing.
1: Yeah, I think we are tailored to those who want to learn something from the beginning, or who wants to improve something they already know. Being uh, youngsters or uh, more experienced surgeons doesn't matter, but it's true that majority of uh, our attendees are younger generations. But anyway, whoever wants to improve and learn, uh, Academy is uh, tailored to him. And also for someone who wants to improve uh, self-esteem or simply wants to pass the exam, this is also uh, Academy is tailored for them as well.
0: Yeah, thank you. Uh, In the recent years, the academy has evolved and implemented pathways: the aortic, the venous, the carotid, the ped, and the access pathways. How did this idea come up?
2: We felt that uh, we should offer attendees a kind of guidance to they could select from this big offer, and we start describing what we call path disease-oriented pathways, which were aortic, then and then that's where these pathways come from. During the pandemic, we had to re-adapt again, and, and then it was more clar- clearly uh, defined. And, uh, well, this is uh, where we are today with these different pathways, mainly focused on, on disease, or on, on sectors, anatomic on sectors. And we have also the, the academic, which is for the preparation of the uh, Federal European Board of Vascular uh, Surgery Exam, which is quite specific for that.
1: Yeah, I think the idea to do this pathway was really great, and uh, it was actually come from the need, and it was good that we actually, Ramon, did this. This way, really, I think it's more clear to everyone what we are offering. Of course, there is a place for new pets, but this is about to come.
0: Yeah, exciting developments. We know vascular surgery is one of the surgical fields most influenced by the development of new devices and new techniques. Can and does the Academy adjust the courses to these rapid developments?
1: Well, development of new devices is uh, making education and even science more difficult nowadays. Both education and science need time, and technological development is really fast, and this is making things difficult. On the other side, our patients benefit mostly from new technologies, and we have to adjust to these changes. So, academy is closely monitoring technological developments, both in diagnosis and treatment, but also in education. Now, technology is improving immensely in the educational direction. So, there are a lot of educational technological things that can help in education. What was first come like more years ago? It's a simulator-based education. This is one of the most important changes in that surgical education, I think, and. Uh, results of the Delphi consensus that was published two years ago is something that was monitored by Academy. We were part of this actually consensus as well and we recognized that something that was concluded in this paper was a good direction for us where to go.
0: Yeah, thank you. In your opinion, what are the biggest educational and training challenges for the current trainees?
2: Challenges are, uh, I would say they are different depending on the country where training is being trained, because some countries uh, open techniques are more scarce or rarely done. In others, open technique uh, and the vascular techniques are more usual. But I would say that the, the old concept of training by doing is becoming obsolete, as, as uh, Igor has commented, and that uh, simulation based training is taking its role. It's a stress free environment that is the safest and the best way of learning uh, techniques, and that, this is where well, uh, the focus or one of the aims of the academy is training by um, by simulation.
1: From the Balkans and Eastern Europe, the biggest challenge is actually learning endovascular techniques. So, as you can see, we have different uh, challenges in different parts of Europe, and this is mostly due to lower volume of this procedure in these parts of the Europe and lack of vascular surgeons that are performing them, but also lack of the conveners, like the experts who can teach vascular surgeons. In addition-based training, which we said it's a great initiative and great new thing, has its own disadvantages, because it is not scheduled in the daily work plan of trainees, but also not in the work plan of teachers, and both are needed for successful education, because it is not uh, enough to have a trainee and a simulator, you need to have a teacher by the trainee to teach him and use simulator to teach a trainee. And not all skill can be acquired and improved on simulators or during the academy workshops. So trainees have constant everyday challenge of consuming all available knowledge that is becoming enormous compared to the times, for example, when I was trained. So there are other challenges as well.
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, it has been thought for some time that one of the biggest challenges for trainees is the declining number of open procedures, and that it might become problematic for trainees to be trained in these. Is this still a legitimate worry?
2: Igor commented on that. I mean, it depends on the volume of that of the countries, and there are uh, means of uh, solving these, like uh, doing stages in, in more in places where they have a bigger volume. But also, this as commented. Although it's not cannot be learned fully uh, with simulation. Simulation and, and even virtual reality may help to overcome this lack of real cases, and getting trained on that and then in the end being able to perform it uh, live
1: it's something that academy cannot deliver to trainees is actually practical uh, surgical experience and this is what is offered by ESVS so there is a, a map of uh, europe and a list of the centers who can accept trainees as on a fellowship and uh, all these centers are center of excellence for certain procedures So I would like to outline this because it is not only enough to be on the workshops, I think uh, fellowship is very, very important. Changing hospitals, seeing uh, how other surgeons are doing, seeing other scenarios, other situations, I think it's very, very, very important. And I would like to outline this one more time because on the ESVS site, you can find these uh, centers of excellence and I'm sure it's not so difficult to reach uh, Experts there visit them for a certain period. Sometimes in in your career, it's enough to go there for three days and see enough. Sometimes at the beginning of the career, of course, you need to go more. But I think this kind of uh, exchange can be used in the whole during the whole career, not only just uh, at the beginning during the training time. But this is very, very, I think, important.
0: Yeah, we hope uh, all of our listeners will be encouraged to visit the ESVS website and seek for the possibility for a fellowship. Do you think that there are big differences between the institutional educational programs you know and the academy curriculum?
2: Yes, they are, of course. The academy curriculum was designed on on the, as, as uh, Igor has commented on this needs assessment that was done through the ELFI study published in, in 2018 in the European Journal of Vascular and the Surgery. And it was basically focused on simulation, the, the academic. A curriculum which has many more things and has essential paths like uh, basic knowledge, theoretic knowledge, which is something which uh, institutions should deliver. It's not the, the aim of the academy to cover that. They, they are a bit different.
1: Yeah, I fully agree with Ramon. Actually, academy workshops are only a small part of the education. They are good as a support to institutional curriculum, for example. They're good to get some knowledge and experience that is summarized with some tips and tricks. It is good to visit the academy workshops when you are starting with some procedure, but also is it good that you come back after you perform it in your center and go then back and uh, make some questions and uh, you know fill some gaps of your knowledge. And uh, this is why education academy program uh, is following actually these curriculums but it's only as it's a support; it cannot be independent.
0: Yeah, thank you. This was mentioned before in our conversation, but there is increasing interest in using simulation for training, such as a maze box. What are, in your opinion, some of the advantages and disadvantages of the current technology for training?
2: Simulation should be it, it's it's uh, focused on techniques, specific techniques. It's not giving us eager commenting. It's not giving the full surgery, just specific like ostomotis or carted which is very limited. It's not a full surgery that you are learning. And well, maybe this can be implemented or funded to, to something more real, but uh, I'm sure it will never uh, replace the, the need of a real training on patients.
1: Yeah. I think the advantage is that you learn the steps in the simulation. The advantage is that you, you can practice some of your uh, steps of the procedure that you don't get surprised uh, during the procedure. And this advantage is actually that you cannot simulate everything. And, uh, and this is why real life is uh, very important and the fellowships are already uh, set. But this is like a puzzle. So you need simulation, you need your hospital work, you need uh, to visit another hospital, you need uh, to repeat it, you need to have theoretical work. And then when you complete this puzzle, you are ready to go to retirement.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. Another technology that is attracting more of our attention on how we can use it for educational purposes is virtual reality. We were wondering, can we expect courses completely based on virtual reality? And if so, what kind of courses could that be?
1: Well, to answer briefly, yes, you can, but uh, to explain, Now you can see virtual reality is used. Actually, uh, every company now has a VR uh, setup for certain uh, procedure, for certain device. Uh, It's becoming more and more present. And I think it, it will just be one part of the puzzle I already mentioned. So in the academy, we are now brainstorming about how to implement virtual reality. And I think we shouldn't do it just because it is virtual reality and just to have it on, on our table, in our screen, but we have to find a certain place in a certain amount of time to have virtual reality in our program. And we are now brainstorming about it, uh, searching for options, and I'm sure in, the, in Belfast we will have at least some parts of the workshop to be virtual reality. I don't think that the whole workshops will be virtual reality, but I think that some virtual reality uh, devices can be adjusted to already planned workshops.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. Something definitely we will look forward to Belfast. What skills do you think every vascular trainee has to obtain within the first one to two years? And what are the courses you would recommend?
2: First years of training should focus on, on basic techniques. We're talking about that. Uh, the academy uh, offers workshops on basic anastomosis. On safe navigation on the arterial tree, on carotid and uh, varicose veins duplex, that could be it. really a good starting point.
1: Yeah, I think during the first year, which is very important, is theoretical knowledge. So before you start with hands on, you have to know very nice, very good theory. This is very good base, and also it is not part of the academy, but on the ESVS platform you can find uh, Victor Vascoral in e-library very useful tool that is that are increasing with time with a lot of new theoretical things you have uh, ESVS guidelines that are not only guidelines that they are very nice to read and learn from them I know a lot of trainees that are preparing exams actually from the guidelines nowadays which is not good for the books that are (laughs) that are written more and more so it's not only to read guidelines but you have guidelines you have uh, e-library you have virtual so its theory you should start then uh, there is a the decision-making and protocols that uh, someone has to know. And uh, then the, the skills that Ramon mentioned are actually those who are very good for the for the first years of the training.
0: Yeah. Thank you. And what about the later years of residency?
2: Getting to the end, I mean, everybody knows what is missing or what should be implemented, but he has not developed enough, so there's a large variety of different Topics more focused, like, like fever, for example, or crossing a uh, uh, complex uh, CTO, uh, lesions. I think that the problem is, it's uh, big and, and everybody can find something that is not, he has not learned enough during the residency that, that could be improved. Again, it is very short pill, only two hours. So not just giving everything. We also need to learn more and more from, from wherever, as, as we've already commented from fellows, for, Guidelines and everything.
1: There is, I think, uh, a kind of two directions of education. I think nowadays and later on, uh, two different pathways of of working. There are surgeons and uh, colleagues with a lot of skills, so multi-skilled person who are doing a lot of different procedures, and you have uh, other colleagues who are focusing on one or two or three specific pathologies, specific specific procedures. And actually, I think trainees should. Uh, expand their their knowledge during the trainee time and get as much skills as possible but also during this time they should realize which type of person they are and what they want in their lives and what in which kind of hospitals they will work because then this difference where you want to focus will you work as a multi skill uh, surgeon endovascular vascular ultrasonographer and everything, or you will focus on certain things. And I think uh, with this increasing amount of knowledge, every modern vascular surgeon has to know, this, this is going to change even more. So we are probably going to be more and more focused on something.
0: Yeah, thank you. And to finish up, what can we expect in the future from the Academy?
2: Ramon, what do you expect in the future? Uh, this is not you. I didn't I, I'm, I'm not the future. I'm, I'm the past, actually. And what do you so, expect? Uh, from the academy, I, I mean, it, it's staying like this. I mean, improving the way that the worships can deliver these techniques. I mean, it's, it's difficult to see what, I mean, simulation is something that it's, uh, it's there to stay and, and should be in, improve and become better and better. So more real or more well focused. So this, this is there to stay and probably should have this, uh, ability to reach the, the audience. It's been commented that and we've, we've commented this a lot. So What's for the future of the academy? managing to reach all the potential uh, attendees, which are, we are, I'm sure we are not reaching them enough, and just letting them know what we are organizing and what, how much they can learn from this structure that is being built.
1: Yeah. What I can tell you is that in terms of reaching audience, if audience will not come to us, we will come to audience. So we would like to get more, more events outside annual meeting in the different parts of Europe. And this gives us opportunity to reach more audience, to meet more people, more colleagues uh, from different parts of Europe and and more. But also it gives us opportunity to extend the length of the the workshops, because in the annual meeting, in order to have more workshops and more skills, we we have workshops of two hours. But going somewhere in, in, I don't know, Copenhagen, as we have now, we have dedicated workshops in Copenhagen, but also we can... We will go to some other parts, I don't want to say which parts of Europe, but we will go there and have one-day workshops or one-and-a-half-day different workshops, which will give us more time to go into the more detail and to have a more scientific and social interaction between Academy and our colleagues. And also you can expect more new technology, but as I said, slowly when it's really needed and not just because we have it.
0: Yeah, thank you. And thank you for your time today and all the efforts you put in the Academy. It was a pleasure talking to you today.
2: Thanks. I mean, it's been a pleasure for, for me and, and great talking about uh, this thing that we was, was started eight, nine years ago. And it's grown it so much and such an important part of the, of the society.
1: Yes, I'm, I think it's uh, it's really a pleasure and a uh, very nice thing that uh, Academy had uh, its own place in the podcast because podcasts are very popular.
0: Look out for the next Fast Form podcast. They're all available open access in SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the ESBS e-library. Talk to you soon.